0: For all whom the lord our god will call with many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them save yourself from this corrupt generation those who accepted his message were baptized and about three thousand were added to their number that day the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god thank you jordan for our scripture today and your helper June, did you hear that in the background? Thank you, June Buck. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, send your spirit upon us that as your scripture has been read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what it is you have to say to us this day. Amen. So, have you ever had a friend or someone you looked up to so much? that you started dressing like them or saying things that they would say. Maybe think back to your adolescent years when you were trying to find your sense of self and you thought that was, you know, being less like your parents and more like a friend that you knew. It might have been completely unconscious, but most of us have done it to some extent. Now I'm sure that there are those of us adults who would like to relegate that behavior to the teenage years. We are our own people, thank you very much. But I don't think it solely belongs there. Otherwise, ad campaigns wouldn't spend so much money on celebrity spokespersons. Who, because they use it, persuade us to drink that bottled water, or buy that kind of laundry detergent, or wear that kind of cologne or perfume. In celebrity endorsement theory, this is called personality transfer, meaning that the brand or the product takes on the personality of the celebrity. So if the spokesperson has a positive reputation or image, this is really great for the brand owner, right? And if you like that celebrity, you are much more likely to consider the advertised brand or product and use your resources to acquire it, whether consciously or unconsciously. During this sermon series, we have been considering the brand or the personality of Jesus. And in looking back at the biblical witness of the gospel stories, we find a passionate leader who often went against the religious status quo. The establishment would have looked upon Jesus as a rebel, a scoundrel, a troublemaker, exhibiting bad habits that they did not want others to pick up. But Jesus did have a following. And his habits started getting spread among his disciples and those who were hungry for his teachings. So when we look at the story of this brand new faith community that starts in Acts chapter 2, let's remember that last week, at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, we hear the story of Pentecost and how Jesus was already um, gone from the people, but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came upon them. And this is just a little bit further into the chapter, the ways that the people were responding to this message. Peter stood up and gave a really Long sermon about changing your life and that Jesus is is there to help you find God's way. And then there's this story of this new community that gathers together. This is a very early community of Christ followers and it's very countercultural. In fact, their very way of living and being would have been against the grain of the traditional religious community. And here's just a few reasons why. One reason why this would have been different than the established religious community is that the mark of being in this community was baptism. Now, up until this point, baptism was practiced in some um, Jewish culture in combination with ritual washing and bathing. But baptism wasn't the thing. The main mark of being a part of the Jewish community or the people of God was circumcision. And we have talked about before how circumcision is kind of problematic for one thing, Half the population is left out of God's beloved covenant and community if circumcision is only the only mark of that relationship. So baptism then became something that could mark men and women, old and young, Jews and Gentiles. And for the established religious community, this was scandalous. Another reason why this new community went against the grain of the establishment was that the community extended itself to include non-Jewish people. As I just mentioned, the religious community that Jesus was a part of was very exclusive, the Jewish community. You needed to be born into it if you were to be a Jew. So the practice of welcoming others Jews, and Gentiles, women, men, slaves, free. This was radical. A third reason why this particular community went so against the established religious authorities and practice was that this new community shared every aspect of life. If we read just a little bit further into Acts chapter 2, we hear that all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and their goods, and they would distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, they spent much time together in the temple. They broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. Everything was shared for the common good. This was very different from the traditional religious community that offered the best of what they had to the temple so that the priests could eat and lifted up some as having special status. So, this new way of living, this new young early community, was extreme, countercultural. It required people to give up any privilege they had, and it equalized all persons. This young community of believers is often held up as an example of what the church should be. And it is idyllic and lovely to think about a totally egalitarian way of living everyone welcome, everyone cared for. But what I find interesting about this little community that we hear a snapshot about in the scripture is that it doesn't last. At least, we never really hear about it again in the Bible. But what we do hear in the rest of the New Testament is the letters of Paul and others who are writing to various new communities and gatherings of people who are trying to follow the way of Christ. And in all of these letters, there are acknowledgments of the trouble that they're having. Time and time again in the epistles, we hear Paul calling out bad behavior and Paul trying to redirect people back to the center of love and peace through Christ because it's hard. All the things that Jesus taught us in terms of creating a new kingdom, or as some would say it, a new kingdom, a way of living that is God's way, but not the way of the world, is not easy. Because the way of the world often persuades us to put ourselves before others and claim any privilege we can, and it's so, so seductive. You can just imagine those early converts to the faith charging into this new way of life with all the best intentions, but you know after months or years of giving up the best of what you have and seeing others benefit from it, and then maybe you realize that they didn't contribute as much as you did and you see your family are not getting the best of what you think that they deserve, well, The temptation is real, isn't it? To try to pull back and hold some of the best for ourselves. As it turns out, picking up Jesus' bad habits and keeping up with them is a lot harder than it would seem. In Leonard Sweet's book, The Bad Habits of Jesus, which inspired this whole sermon series... He says this. To you and me, Jesus is the human one as well as the son of God. The same as you and me, but with the kinds of outstanding bad habits that made his heavenly father proud. Bad habits we would do well to learn. It is not good habits that recharge the church. It is bad habits and unconventional approaches that recharge tradition May we make all his habits our own. And the way he says it makes it sound like it's really easy, but it is not. How we do that, that's the tricky part. It takes a lifetime of faith and prayer and practice to stand up against the status quo and be the people God would have us be, people that care for others, more than we care for ourselves, to stand up for the rights of all people and actively welcome them, and to make love and justice the central themes of our lives. So as we consider Jesus's bad habits, I pray that we can consider them as ones that we adopt, And that we together continue to grow and be like Jesus, the original bad boy and the bringer of new life to our lives and to our church. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us today. Amen.